It's podcasting time! This is Just Another Jerk, Dispatches from Japan. As always, I am Jonathan Isaacson. Please remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast player, and while you're there, please rate the show, give it a review. Yeah, I mean, I know, it's been it's been a minute since I last did one of these, but, you know, at this point, whatever. So, the other day, I got to thinking about English, that Japanese phenomenon of odd English on t-shirts. Now, obviously... It's not just Japan. It's not just t-shirts. It's all over the world and on all sorts of media. Now, I am all for occasionally enjoying the goofy English phrases and words on the t-shirts. You know, living in Japan as long as I have, I've of course seen my fair share of shirts. You know, one of the shirts that really got me involved a four-letter word So if you don't want to hear those words for whatever reason, you know, kids might be in earshot, you know, whatever, I'll give you a warning when the four-letter word is coming. So I was in an airport here in Japan, don't remember which one, probably Narita, maybe Haneda, outside possibility it was Shinchitose up in Hokkaido, but, you know, not at all important to the story. So... Yeah, I was in the airport, and I saw a woman, I'd guess her late 50s, maybe her early 60s. And she was wearing a shirt that read, and here comes the four-letter word, so skip ahead, you know, 10 seconds or whatever. Her shirt read, fuck off and die. And I saw that, and I just thought to myself, well, okay then. And, you know, I have to imagine that on some level she, you know, that she understood that the F word is not a polite word. You know, most Japanese people who I have encountered have at least some understanding that the F word is not very nice. Um, I don't know that they understand the, the gravity, the vulgarness of the word. Um... I mean, Japan doesn't really have the same sort of, you know, dirty words in the same way that English does. Which, you know, isn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, English is a little bit weird about about those kind of things. But, yeah, it's, it's, it, things don't have quite the same gravity in Japanese. But, you know, that's not really, you know, our, our topic for today. But, yeah, that that was one of the shirts that really caught me kind of... Okay, then. Now, the other one that I've personally seen that really, you know, made me laugh was there was a T-shirt that I saw at a secondhand shop here in Japan. This was this was early in my my time in Japan. So this was in Akita and it, it was a secondhand shop and it was a shirt that was clearly designed for a woman based on, you know, the cut, the, the, the shape of the shirt. And it had an illustration of a cat. And on the shirt, there were two words. Pulsating pussycat. Yep, that was it. Pulsating pussycat. You know, not super explicit or anything, but hilariously suggestive. Now, that that was one that I'm pretty certain, pretty certain that the average Japanese person 
wouldn't get the suggestive nature of. But yeah, that, that, so, so yeah. Um, incidentally, that shirt, I ended up buying that shirt for an American friend of mine. Um, it came up in a discussion and she really wanted it. So the next time I was at that shop, I checked, it was still there. I bought it and I sent it to Kelly. So there you go. Um, oh yeah, and I also, I have my own shirt with weird English on it. It says, uh, grasp, fern, periphrasis. There you go, periphrasis, P-E-R-I-F-H-R-A-S-I-S, periphrasis. Go look it up. But yeah, all of this is to say, I am not against enjoying the goofy English that is used on shirts and signs here in Japan. You know, other places, of course, too. I mean, for me, it's Japan because that's where I live. That's what I see it the most. But yeah, I'm not against enjoying that. What I am against is people using this to mock or make fun of people from these cultures. Now, I know that at least in my circle of friends, you know, my acquaintances, English is not used to make fun of Japanese people. I'm going to say that right now. My friends, we don't, people don't make fun of Japanese people for English. They like to enjoy it because, yes, it is kind of funny, but there's no mockery. But there are some people out there who do mock people in other cultures for not being able to use English, which, you know, whatever, that, that's, that's kind of weird, but we can get into that. But yeah, I mean, if you take a look at the comment sections on some of the English language Japanese news sites or the English language um, Japanese culture blogs, and you will see people mocking people for their use of English. Now, you know, and honestly, it's not like non-Japanese, non-Chinese speakers have any room to talk. I mean, look at all the odd Japanese and Chinese character tattoos. I mean, one that I saw in person was in university, and there was this guy on campus. He had, on on his bicep, he had a tattoo, and it said, fish. It was, it, it was a, a character that's, it's the same in Japanese and Chinese, so, you know, whichever one it was, I don't know, but... Yeah, it's a, it was sakana in Japanese, fish. Now, I mean, maybe, you know, he was a member of the swim team or something. I, it wasn't someone I knew personally. It was just someone I saw on campus, you know. And so maybe there was a, a, a reason he had fish tattooed on his bicep. But it's a weird character to have tattooed on your bicep. You know, and then there was the whole, you know, Ariana Grande seven rings tattoo silliness. Um in case you missed it, so Ariana Grande, one of her songs is called Seven Rings. And she went and got a tattoo, I don't, I think it was on her hand or something. And it, she, she thought it was Seven Rings in Japanese. Now, kind of, yeah, but not the Seven Rings she was thinking of. So the Seven Rings characters that she got, that, that particular combination of characters turned out to mean small charcoal grill in Japanese. So, yeah, I mean, it was, it, was, it was kind of funny. It was a little weird, but, you know, I am not here to dunk on those people either. Just like I'm not here to, you know, say people using English on their T-shirts, like the weird English phrases on their T-shirt. I'm not here to say they're dumb or bad. 
I'm, I'm not saying that Ariana Grande or this guy with fish on his shoulder. I'm not saying they're, you know, I'm, I'm not here to dunk on them. I mean, I, if you're going to get a tattoo in a language you don't speak, I mean, maybe you might want to rethink that whole idea. Um, but I mean, if you're still insisting on getting that tattoo, you know, maybe consult with someone who is fluent in the language, you know, maybe even a, a native speaker, preferably, because they have a really good idea of like, kind of the, the, the nuances that you might be implying. But yeah, consult with someone who speaks the language before you make your design. And you know, the tattoo artist, if you're getting a tattoo in a foreign lang a language you don't speak, the tattoo artist should have at least some knowledge of that language because, I mean, yeah, they're, they're, they're the ones putting the ink on you. So, I mean, and the thing is, too, with, with tattoos, those, unlike T-shirts, you know, tattoos cannot be removed easily. T-shirts... You got a, you got something you that's that's inappropriate or offensive. You just take your T-shirt off. It's done. Tattoo. Yeah, not so easy. Gotta get laser removal. Not fun, from what I hear. But yeah, I, I the real point I think is to remember that in a place like Japan, in the everyday life of most people, English is a decoration. You know, it doesn't matter. If it doesn't really make sense, I mean, sure, foreigners who speak English or or, or French actually, there, there's there's quite a lot of decorative French in Japan as well. But yeah, uh, so speakers of these languages, yes, they might laugh at a funny T-shirt or a funny sign or whatever, you know. But and, and some of them, yeah, probably might even try to clown the the Japanese people wearing the T-shirt. But you know. It's important to remember that the Japanese person wearing the t-shirt, they probably don't care. I mean, a lot of them would probably admit that they don't know what their shirt says. You know, they're not going to try to tell you their, their shirt means strength and unity and power, like, like people with their tattoos sometimes do. Um, you know, they're, they're not going to tell you their shirt means anything. They say, I don't know. That's probably the most often answer they'll give if you if they have a funny t-shirt with english but i mean i i've never done research on this topic but that's just kind of my hunch having lived here for you know 16 plus years at this point now when it comes to signage other instructions that are intended for non-japanese residents and visitors then we're talking something different that needs to be comprehensible now note i didn't say it needs to be perfect I mean, any English speaker walking into a Japanese temple and they, you know, your Jap English speaker, you see a sign that says, no shoe here. You would know exactly what it means. Is it perfect grammar? No, of course not. Does that matter? No, of course not. The point is comprehensible. There's no point, you know, in, in, in you pointing out, hey, shoe should be plural. It should be no shoes in here i mean that you, you understood no shoe here take your shoes off when you go in the temple pretty obvious i mean now if the sign said shoe not used in temple inside now maybe we have a problem 
But that is so far from standard English that, yes, the meaning is probably understandable, but not necessarily. So, yeah, that 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 is when we have an issue that needs to be addressed. Right. And I think that most people are decent. Most people, they wouldn't make a big deal and clown on the on the place on that temple that had the weird sign. They would just ask what does this mean? You know, genuinely wanting clarification. I think that's true of most people. And and this, this whole idea is something I try to get my students to understand all the time. The goal of a language learner should not be perfect grammar. I mean, what is perfect grammar anyway? Probably a very, you know, classist idea that privileges a moneyed elite. Um, It doesn't really matter what language you are talking about. This is kind of true everywhere. It's the the so-called elites who get to decide what standard their standard version of their language is. So, yeah, it it, it reminds me of the whole hissy fit that some people had back, uh, this is you know, a couple decades ago at this point now, about African-American vernacular English, A-A-V-E, was sometimes called Ebonics, which is a term I do not like. I don't like Ebonics. I prefer A-A-V-E, African-American vernacular English. It's the uh, linguistics term for it. You know, A-A-V-E has a very clear grammar. There are rules about verb usage and the like. You know, it's not just anything goes. It doesn't work that way. There is a clear pattern on how the language works. So, yeah, there, there is no such thing as perfect grammar, is my point here. If you're curious about these ideas, um, I suggest look into the idea of descriptive and proscriptive language. Uh, pre- descriptive, prescriptive grammar. Sorry, that's the phrase I'm looking for. Descriptive, prescriptive grammar. But I'm kind of on digression here, linguistics stuff. The goal of language is communication. If your idea is being understood, you have successfully used the language. End of story. Full stop. Period. Yes, as you get more competent in a language, improving your grammar being more precise with your vocabulary will increase the ease of fully communicating your idea efficiently. So yes, improved grammar, improved vocabulary should absolutely be a goal. But it shouldn't be the be-all, end-all. Your main goal should be communication. Did you communicate your idea? Even if it took a little bit longer than it would in your first language. So, yeah. I mean, given, given yes, the time and the resources, it would be nice for all the language, all the signage in Japanese that's written in English, other languages. It, it would be great if it were perfect. But if you are not willing to pay for a professional translator to do that translation, to make it perfect grammar, perfect English or whatever, French or whatever, Chinese or whatever language it is, if you're not willing to pay the money, you don't have a right to complain about it. Right? If you understand the main point, it's done its job. If you don't understand the main point, 
you should ask. Most people are willing to try to explain, even if they can't use your language. Gestures, pointing, whatever. They're willing to explain it. So don't try to clown someone for you know, not being able to use your language. Remember, whatever your language is, you've had a lot more time probably to learn it than they have. Right? Can you speak their language? Probably not. So don't try to clown people for not being able to use your language. So I guess I will end it there. Um, that was more than I thought I had to say on the topic, but it's language related. So yeah, that is my life. Quite literally, that is my job. That's what I do. So please remember to subscribe, rate, review the podcast, wherever it is that you cast your pods. Um, The podcast is on most major platforms. It's on Google, it's on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, uh, probably some other places. So if it's not on your favorite platform, please let me know and I will look into to figure out how to get it on that platform. And you can always find the Twitter for the podcast at Just Another Cast. Um, you get little nuggets of Japanese history if you go there. Uh, so please go there, like it, follow the pay, follow follow the uh, Twitter feed. Get learn your learn yourself some Japanese history. You can always email the show at um, Just Another Jerk Podcast at gmail.com and that is all for me I'm Jonathan Isaacson and I'm out peace